Welcome to Terra Talks, where we talk about all things real estate. In each episode, we'll tackle current trends and topics of interest, both locally and regionally. However, or wherever you decide to tune in, you're not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to Terra Talks. I'm Rachel McCartney, leader of the brokerage team for Terra Caribbean. And I'm Tanya Wallace, managing director for Blue Sky Luxury. Today, we invited Tanya in to talk about the rise of luxury short-term rentals. So Tanya, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions and you can let us know what you think. Sounds good. All right. So the first one is, how would you describe the market for luxury short-term rentals or villa rentals in Barbados today? It's really strong, actually. We've just come off of the back of two record years, and that's not just on value, that's on volume as well. And when you put that into context, it's actually amazing because since the pandemic, Barbados's tourism arrivals still haven't fully recovered. So if you look at 2022, we were actually 25% down off of the number of people who physically came to Barbados in the pre-pandemic times. It's gone back a bit better. So from January to March was only 10% behind, but we're pacing way ahead. So if you think about it, it really only tells you that people are staying in villas more often than they are in the hotels. Yeah, I can imagine that. So what are the key factors driving the increased demand for luxury short-term rentals? I think partly since the pandemic, and I feel like I've said that word enough and then we'll stop. (laughs) um, It's really been something that people have started to look at because A, hotels closed a lot during that period of time. So they had to look at alternative accommodation. And B, people wanted something they could stay in a little longer. They can work remotely from them. They want somewhere that feels like home. So many people around the world lived in different places through that whole period that they wanted somewhere that felt like it was a bit more of a home, gave them more space, gave them more privacy, felt like it wasn't really, you know, going on a cruise ship or going in a big hotel amongst lots and lots of people. And so people started looking at villas more. So I think that's really been the main thing that's driven it. Perfect. So are luxury short-term rentals reshaping the way people travel and experience destinations? And if so, how? I think absolutely. What we've been finding is people are staying longer Um, because they can go somewhere that is like a home. It means that they can take their whole life and set themselves up to work. They're not just thinking about it as a one week holiday to come and enjoy the beach and go back where they came from. They're thinking about it as somewhere they can relocate for a temporary period of time so that they can live their life while also enjoying a bit of a holiday break in between there. And a villa really allows you to do that. I mean, you're not going to live in a hotel for three weeks if you can help it. But for a villa, absolutely you would. Perfect. So why do travelers choose a luxury short-term rentals versus a hotel? And what factors influence the decision-making process? I think people choose it because it also allows people to have more people with them um, in a home setting. Uh, The one thing that is different about Barbados is that majority of the short-term rentals or villas that you can rent come with some level of staff, even if it's housekeeping, which is a bit of a luxury relative to what you would have at home. And in the larger houses, you can get almost restaurant-type service with in-house chefs and butlers that you wouldn't get in a hotel and at your time and your pace. It's really about designing a holiday that is absolutely for you and on what terms you want. No one tells you you have to have breakfast by 10 o'clock. You could wake up at 11 if you want to and still have breakfast. If you have you know, 10 different dietary preferences, then you could do that if you really want to. It's something for everybody. So I think that for them, it's really just deciding how long am I going for? We find, I'm sure the hotels are still doing fine in terms of their repeat business. There's always a place for hotels, but for the people who want to kind of experience a destination and feel like they're home, they get to interact with the local people on a bit more of an intimate level when they have staff in the house, enjoy what they have to say, 
And Barbados particularly is somewhere that is not just a hotel as a destination place, like it might be in somewhere like Jamaica or in the Dominican Republic, where you don't really go anywhere other than the hotel. Barbados has so much more to offer that being somewhere like a villa when you want to get out and do things um, gives them the opportunity to do that. So often the things they think about in terms of their buying process is who's coming with me? What kind of experience do I want? Do I want to be on the beach or do I not? Um, is it a whole group that's coming? And if so, for the whole time or what? And it, I think that's really what decides when you're, you have more people traveling as larger groups, a village just makes sense. If you travel as soon as even you have even four people traveling, it means that you can have a whole house to yourself for probably better value than you can in a hotel with maybe two adjoining rooms. You get a larger group than that, which happens more often now as well, people reconnecting on holidays, whether it's a multi-generational trip or there's just people who've moved around the world a bit more and they want to reunite on holiday. It gives them the opportunity to do that in a villa in a different way than it would in a hotel because you have your central common areas. Gotcha. So what are some unique features and luxury homes in Barbados that really set them apart? I think we really have an incredible product in Barbados. There's a huge range. So with Blue Sky Luxury, we actually manage and rent over 150 villas. And that ranges from anything from a small studio apartment to an ultra-luxury 12-bedroom estate on multiple acres. So some of these homes have in them their own private gym, a full spa, a steam room, a sauna, tennis courts of their own, and all those things that you would expect as amenities in a hotel, but just in an individual house, and it's just for you. We have one that has a games room with a mini bowling alley in it. I mean, these are the things that they just don't even think about. But also the key features there is the staffing. Um, and that's not something that is common in every villa market, but in Barbados, it's really what sets us apart is that hospitality that's in a house that comes from the staff that are there, whether they're doing housekeeping or your personal laundry. So you're going home with full set of clean laundry in your suitcase, or whether that's your butler service or private concierge that's actually looking after everything you need. So you're not worrying about not having a front desk like you would have in a hotel because you have staff there all the time to teach you of all the little secrets that you can get. So it's really, there's something for everyone, I think is the, the answer. And the nice thing is, is that they're continually developing. I'm sure you could probably speak to how the real estate market has been going and there's more and more product being built all the time. And with more and more product, it's newer product. Whereas the hotels in Barbados, there haven't been that many new ones or refreshed ones in the last 10 years. And in the villa market, there's been a lot. Yeah, there's, there's private cinemas in there too. Yeah. Which no hotels here have, I don't think. I don't think so. No. no. Interesting. All right. So what steps are being taken to ensure the sustainability and long-term success of luxury short-term villas in Barbados? I think it's an interesting question, Rachel, because when you think about sustainability, Barbados has a huge push for PV. Um, and trying to make sure that the way you operate is a little bit more off-grid and pulling less on fossil fuels. It's easy to achieve that in, a, in villas, more so than a large plant like a hotel, because you can have really good solar systems in there. They're trying to make sure that there's more green practices in terms of the laundry and things they use and even the materials they have. I spoke to a client recently who's building their house in a way that can it can be fully off-grid if it needs to be, and it can be on the normal services at the same time. So it's helping to make sure that you can do that on a long-term basis and reduce the energy costs and make it more sustainable for that side. But I think it's just a market that will be around for a long time if you're just talking about sustainability of business. 
Because the reality is, is when people invest in these homes, they're investing them for themselves. At the end of the day, it's their home. It's not just transient people coming for tourism. It's people who decided to invest in property here, who decided to invest in having a home here, whether or not it rents or not. So it will continue to operate that way. And really they rent to try to keep their staff busy. They rent to make sure that the house works because whether people realize it or not, a house actually is maintained and functions better when it's occupied. If you close up a house and do nothing with it, it's about the worst thing you could possibly do. You'll come back and find lots of things not working. So I think it is a product it's in itself that ensures its own long-term sustainability. And there's a lot of support services in Barbados for those absentee owners to make sure that they're continually looked after, which is like our one of our core businesses in Blue Sky Luxury. We manage 260 houses. Wow. Yeah. So there's also um, Eco Sky Water, which yes. a lot of your villas have in it as well, which is water that's made purely from the air in Barbados. Yes. And there's systems that people can use to put on their own roofs as well. Exactly. And actually that same client that I was just mentioning is actually doing that. They're awesome. putting a system in that they can actually create water from air so that a lot of the tap water that goes into the houses is doing that from, you know, just creating water from air, which is really fantastic. Yep. Perfect. So what are some common misconceptions or myths about luxury short-term rentals that need to be debunked? I think the first thing that needs to be debunked is that you're completely on your own. That you walk into a house and there's no one to help you with anything, that you have no guidance. That's not a professionally managed villa at all. No. A professionally managed villa means that you have a host, just like in Airbnb speak, I guess, that looks after everything you need. They're just at the, either at the end of a phone call or someone who physically comes to see you every day. So we like to say all the time, and I know we've had this before, is no front desk, no problem, because you always have someone that's there to help you and you're not on your own at all. But it does give you the space to have your own space when you want to and be as connected as you want to anyway. I think the other thing to be debunked is that the houses are not looked after and cleaned the same way. If there's anything that taught us about that, it's probably... Again, I'm going to stop saying the word, the oh, pandemic. There we go. <laughs> is, you know, the cleaning, there was a lot of misconceptions there where people thought, oh no, I can't go in a villa because they probably don't have cleaning standards. And it's just absolutely not true. Um, we have more staff in each villa probably per bedroom than you would have in hotels. So they're continually cleaning. They're making sure that those are looked after. And it's not, be and it's because they have to do it for the owners anyway. They do follow the same standards when they're professionally managed as a hotel would. So it's definitely not an issue as far as cleanliness and maintenance in terms of how they're looked after when they do have a property manager involved. So the last thing that I'd myth that I'd want to debunk is that they're more expensive than hotels. On a per bedroom basis, they're actually cheaper. So there's better value in renting a luxury villa than there is in getting the same number of bedrooms in a hotel. And a lot of people don't know that because they just look at the overall price point. They might say, oh my goodness, that price is you know, 1500 US dollars for a four bedroom. But you'd actually pay more per bedroom than that in a hotel. Yeah. But because they look at the 1500 price point, they think that it isn't. So people need to look at it on the basis of how much it's costing them per bedroom instead, because it is actually better value. Perfect. So... How do luxury short-term rentals in Barbados cater to the needs and preferences of different types of travelers? Again, I think the best part about a villa is that you're designing your vacation entirely for yourself. They cater to the needs of different types of travelers because we design your entire vacation around what you want. 
We spend a lot of time with our concierges in advance of your arrival to ask what you really want to do. If you want to sit there and do nothing and just be catered on and don't want to go to restaurants, you can do that. If you want a whole trip design around wellness because it's there for a wellness retreat and you want a chef to prepare only healthy meals, we can do that. If you want something where you can get involved in the community, whether that's saving the turtles on the beach during a hatching season, or you want to go and pick up garbage on a beach to try and help with the environment, all of those things we design for you because it's a personal experience. You're not just a cog in a wheel. It's around your entire vacation. So it's about the most customized holiday that you can ever get. Awesome. So what experiences or activities can guests enjoy while staying in a luxury short-term villa? You can have any possible experience and any possible activity that you can think of. And I really mean that. So, you know, we've had people who we've brought a snow cone cart to because they wanted to do some fun experience there. We've had play times when we've brought um, limbo dancers and fire eaters to the villa to do a big show experience for them in the villa private for them. We have had, you know, just something as simple as having a massage therapist come in and do massages every afternoon at sunset out on a deck. Um, and we plan everything. So it's not a case that you're on your own. We plan your airport transfers. We'll book your restaurants for you. Um, anything that you could possibly do as a tourist, you can experience even if you're in a villa. So how do these rentals impact local communities and the economy in Barbados? They have an incredible impact on the economy in Barbados. Um, one of the things that I actually did a, a recent study on, which you can find on our Terra Red website, is about the economic impact of them. And the thing that people forget about is, remember that I said that we manage 150 that rent and 260 overall. Those other 110 villas, as a little sample size, are just people who are rent who own villas here, have invested in them, and are operating them the same way, even though they don't rent them. But that means that they're employing staff, they are paying taxes on and expenses all the time. Every dollar that they have to spend to be able to actually buy goods for it, to maintain it, for everything they have to do on an annual basis is paid for pretty much by foreign currency. And when you think about an economy like ours, where the import bill is so high, if we didn't have foreign currency inflowing into Barbados, then we wouldn't be able to function. So 100% of the foreign currency that comes in for villas stays in the island. Um, we've also found that the employment rates in some cases are actually higher in terms of the rates of pay than they are in some of the other tourism and hospitality businesses, because the owners look after them. Um, through shutdown, the number of our owners who just continued to pay their staff, regardless of the fact that they couldn't even go to work, was absolutely staggering. They see these people as an extension of their family. Mm -hmm. They look after them the same way. So it's almost like they're investing in our communities. They're investing from a financial point of view. They're investing in the development of Barbados. Remember that I already mentioned that the increase in the amount of short-term rentals in Barbados over the last 10 years relative to the number of hotel beds has been way bigger. So from a community standpoint, they have a huge impact um, on everything that we do. And it's just always thought of that they don't, but they are constantly investing. We have so many of our owners that have invested a lot just even from a charitable perspective. There's been scholarships done by our owners. There's been um, donations to the country to help develop communities because they see it as an extension of an investment in just in a whole island in a developing community more than just an individual investment. There's a lot more heart for that. 
what are three things that you think are not understood or known about the short-term rental market in Barbados? I think the first thing is, is that it's not just about the rental villas because there's so many others that just buy them for themselves, but they're still technically tourists. One of the things that our country has not done very well, and I know that they're working on it, I sit on the board of the Barbados Hotel and Tourism Association, so I've had some input in what they're trying to do, is to actually track where people are staying. So when people come in, they're not just staying in hotels, they're not just renting villas. People, in some cases, are coming in and staying in their own, but they're still tourists, and they're still contributing to the economy in the same way a tourist does. And so... It's not, when you think about the market, people automatically just think about those who are renting. But there's so many others, I'd say equal to the number that rent, if not more, that actually are tourists and foreigners who own in Barbados in their villas and look after them the same way, but it's not for actual short-term rental use. So the impact from that, I think, is very, very underestimated. The second thing that I think is not well understood is that they actually do contribute. Um, there's this misconception, I think, and there are pockets of short-term rentals that are not paying the shared economy levy. And I know we'll talk about regulation in a little bit that are not doing the things they're supposed to, but the majority do. The majority of those that are professionally managed are paying their taxes. They're paying NIS for their staff. They're paying PAYE. They are paying land tax. They are paying all of these things that contribute to our taxes in our in our economy but people don't think they do. They think they just rent out their home and they do nothing to support the economy. So I think that's one of the things that's not well understood. The third thing that I would say that is not well understood is what we talked about a little bit before, which is probably just that you're on your own when you're in a villa, that you don't get the same support. And that's just absolutely not true when you're booking with people who are managing them professionally. They're maintained just as well. The experience is equal or not better. I'm biased, so I'd say better than they are when you're staying in hotels. But the support is there. What are some things people should consider when investing in a holiday rental property in Barbados? I have this conversation a lot with people who are coming to us when they're trying to understand the economics of owning. And I think they need to understand what they want to get out of it. If I were to kind of describe for you the spectrum of my clients, I have the clients who will invest in a property, maybe it's a beachfront apartment, that perhaps they had to add to their mortgage at home. And they have to have it rented. They need to rent it in order to even own it. And when you're doing that, you need to make sure you understand the economics of that. Because if you don't understand the economics and how much it's going to cost you to run, then you could find yourself blindsided where you end up in a situation where you don't have the cash flow and you can't maintain the ownership. Our business is very seasonal. So you have to be prepared for what could possibly happen. It's just like, you know, when you're transitioning from renting to owning a property, you have no more landlord. The landlord is you. So if things happen, you make sure you have a contingency fund for that to get through those slow periods. Our vacation rentals, our peak season is from the middle of December through to the middle of April. But between middle of April through to the middle of December, it can be quite quiet. Like an average occupancy during that period of time. And granted, there's a few months in there like July and August that it's different. But in September, for example, you'll note that a lot of places here close from the restaurants. And it's because there's not many people who come here. And your average occupancy over that period of time is only about 25% or sometimes it's less than that. So you have to be able to have the cash flow to weather the storm until you get through the next part and reinvest in your product. If you're not reinvesting and updating it, then it will start to decline and you won't do as well. Again, it's, it's what cash flow do you have available? Do you need it to rent all the time? If so, be careful which one that you invest in. It would be a lie to say that every luxury short-term rental is going to make money. It's not. 
Anybody who tells you that every single one you invest in because it's beautiful is going to rent and cover itself, it really depends on when you're using it. If you're not going to make it available for rent during Christmas, during February, during Easter time, March breaks, Thanksgiving for the U.S., and you're taking up those periods, you will not cover your costs. Equally, there's some that are, say, an off-beach property that has very high running costs that in some cases the best thing you're expecting to do is actually break even. So when you invest in it, you should invest in it thinking about what the economics are. And I know that our team helps a lot with Terra to be able to determine what those costs are, the running costs, expected occupancies, so that you know that you're prepared and you're not blindsided and do not expect that they're going to turn you a profit all the time. A beachfront condo probably will. Yep. But off-beach is not going to. You're looking to make sure you're contributing to your costs so it doesn't cost you so much to own it. And remember what I said, you own and you rent to make sure that it's maintained and it actually continues to function and continues to work. But you have to make sure that you know that when you're investing and do your homework and make sure that nobody is giving you information that isn't actually founded on actual facts. Because I know that there's there are some people who have been told that things are going to make money. And then they come to us and say, well, I've I bought this property and I'm expecting to get a 10% profit this year. And we'll say, I'm really sorry that they told you that, but it's not going to happen. So do your homework when you're investing in something that you think you're going to rent if you need the cash flow. But we also have other people who just, it doesn't matter. And they're okay with that. Be prepared for covering the whole year if you need to. Perfect. So what are some legal and regulatory considerations that property owners need to be aware of when operating a holiday rental property? So... Every holiday rental has to register with the Barbados Tourism Product Authority. They also have to register with the Barbados Revenue Authority. Whether it's foreign-owned, domestic-owned through a company doesn't matter. Under the Tourism Levy Act, you are re required to register with that entity. You're required to file shared economy levy. It's a 10% shared economy levy that's charged on your rates. It's collected from clients, and then it's remitted to the Barbados Revenue Authority, and you are required to do so. Outside of that, it also means that you are basically declaring to the Barbados Revenue Authority that you are earning some form of revenue. So you do have an obligation, again, whether you are a foreign owner or not, whether it's in a company or not, to actually file taxes every year. It may be a case that your corporation tax or your personal income tax actually is not taxable, but you are required to file annually, whether you rent it or don't if you own it in a company, to basically declare, I'm not making anything, I'm not skirting the law but you do have that requirement to do so, and a lot of people haven't been told that. So shared economy levy, that was brought in when the P word that you like to see. Yes. Was that, that was no, it was long before that. Yeah. So the shared economy levy started in 2018. Mm -hmm. And actually in 2019, when um, they also changed the rules a little further, which is that it used to be just like the value-added tax laws, that you used to be able to, if you were earning more than $200,000 a year, that you would register for value-added tax, you would have to charge 7.5% value-added tax on your rental, and then you could recover the 17.5% on your expenses. What they were finding is, because remember I said that villas don't really make money. It's not the intention of the value-added tax. Value-added tax is supposed to be for commercial entities that are profit-making, really, because you wouldn't be in business if they weren't. Whereas remember, most villas are not in the business to make profit. That it was ending up in a circumstance where many of these villas, while they were over the threshold in terms of having to charge VAT, on an overall basis, they were actually losing money. So all that did was create this VAT refund position. So in 2019, they said, no more. You can't charge VAT anymore. The only thing you charge is this 10% shared economy levy. 
I'll put my two cents in to say I still sometimes think it's an unfair tax because it's 10% with no cap. Mm. Whereas the room rate levy that they have on luxury hotels, for example, is $10 per bedroom per night. And that's it. Whereas I could have a house that is, you know, 35,000 US dollars per night and they're paying $3,500 in levy for 12 bedrooms when they would be paying 12 times 10 per night. So it yeah. doesn't really quite stack up. Um, but because we're not contributing in VAT, I guess that's been, that was the method they went through and we continue to try to lobby to see if it can eventually change. But I think until all those that are not filing that levy that are supposed to be due, we still get a bit of a bad rap as an industry. And I know that we've been pushing heavy, heavily to try to get that collected and monitored better for all those who are not doing it. What is the role of a property manager and what services are available to help make investments sustainable? So a property manager is basically your eyes and ears on the ground when you're not here. Um, our philosophy at Blue Sky Luxury is that we do as the owner would do had they been able to be here, if not better. And so for us, that means paying your bills on the simple side. It's paying your bills on island to make sure that all of those things get paid. Um, it means checking your house multiple times a week to make sure that it's sound and everything's working. It means running preventative maintenance programs on your house to make sure that it's properly maintained. Air conditioners are actually ongoing maintained, that you have a grease trap that's actually cleared a couple of times a year, that you make sure there's no leaks, that there's nothing that's going to impact you that way. So on an ongoing basis, looking after the house for both corrective and preventative maintenance, it's also managing your staff. Because if your staff aren't managed, they're going to get demotivated and complacent, and you want to make sure that they're continuing to do what they're supposed to do. Equally, if you do have any issues with staff, is making sure that you have someone who can handle that for you within the laws of the Employment Rights Act so it doesn't get you into trouble. So we manage staff, we deal with maintenance, we deal with admin, we look after your guests, we really do everything as if it's almost like a mini business for us. But we do it in the way that you want it. So, you know, we have some owners who do a lot themselves because they're very hands-on when they're here and that's fine. We have others who don't want anything to do with it. We set a budget up front and we work it to suit from both the rental side and the management side. But it's basically to, to look after everything for you while you're here without you having to do anything and to make sure it continually is maintained. And do you guys also do training programs for your staff as well? We do, which is a really key thing. Mm -hmm. um, I had a property manager say to us in a strategic meeting a few years, a uh, few months ago, she said, you know, we invest so much in marketing all the time. We need to continue to invest in our staff. We spend lots of money in marketing to get people to come here. And then you almost delegate the responsibility to a staff member in a house to make sure they have a great experience. Because you can have staff that ruin the experience as well if you're not properly training them and looking after them. Because if you upset them, the guests will hear about it because that's human nature if they get asked. So because of that, what we do is we make sure that we set up ongoing training programs for both our permanent staff and our, our temporary staff because we have a staffing services company that looks after temporary staff where we have villas that don't have permanent staff. And they get trained to the standards we expect. They get trained in their department and about what to do in certain situations. Um, we need to do more of it, but it is absolutely a priority. So that's it for me grilling you today. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us. It was really insightful and I hope to have you back in the studio soon with us. Happy to do that. And I'd like to thank everyone for joining in for another episode of Tarot Talks.